Hello, and welcome to the Inverted Castle, a podcast about Metroidvania games. Today, I'm an ancestor who has given you a task to slay a dragon, and with my co-host, Eric Fox. I'm a special boy, and I get to wear all the crowns. And today's game is fun for the whole family. It's Dragon Slayer 4, the Drassel family, or also Legacy of the Wizard in, you know, the English-speaking world. Most people probably know it as Legacy of the Wizard, and honestly, distancing it from its uh, predecessor, uh, Xanadu, is probably for the best. I guess. Xanadu was Dragon Slayer 2, right? I didn't actually look up what Dragon Slayer 3 was. So, Dragon Slayer 3, briefly, was called Dragon Slayer Jr., or just Romancia, and it was kind of more of a, just a side-scroller, like, really short, you're supposed to beat the game in 30 minutes type thing, so kind of outside of the purview of our discussions, but also I don't think ever really saw an English release outside of a fan tr- uh, patch, so. Yeah, this this series is interesting because it goes all over the place. So Legacy of the Wizard was released in Japan in 1987, in the US in 1989. Correct. 87 happens to be the same year as Maze of Gallius. And also things like Zelda 2. And I'm not going to go through the full list because we did that in Maze of Gallius. Yeah, if you really need the context, uh, you can either, I don't know, Google it or, hey, listen to that old Maze of Gallius episode. Uh, I think it was a good one. Maybe? I don't know. (laughs) For our standards, may as well be. But anyway, yeah, this one is called the Drassele family. Don't be confused. The family's not actually named the Drassele family. That's just a... Shorthand for Dragon Slayer. They're actually called the Warzens. Yeah, that was a little weird. Uh, I feel like they should should be called the Drassley family, and like I kind of like the idea of their family name is a corruption of what one of their ancestors is known for, or not known for, because I guess he didn't actually slay the dragon. He sealed it, and also calling them an ancestor is a little overblown since it's just their grandpa he he's the guy in your house that uh you you tell your passwords to wait it is yeah that's your grandpa is the one who sealed them yeah uh in the instruction manual for uh legacy of the wizard yeah it goes through that where your grandma is just telling a story about this wizard who sealed the dragon and uh it's your grandfather surprise (laughs) and then he got this totally bodacious babe and then he got this totally bodacious babe and then the kids are just like grandma this is getting weird (laughs) come on this is this is how all family ancestry stories start they get real ribbled real quickly (laughs) but of course that changed for the north american release because you know censorship laws and whatnot but anyway yeah the story of this game is the dragon man lives in the hole much like uh, xanadu and instead, this time, your whole family is tasked with the uh, going in there and making him a dead dragon man in the hole. You're a family of woodcutters, apparently. Uh, you got your father, Zem, his wife, Mena, or Maya, depending on translation. Your kid, Royus, the daughter, Lil, and your dog, Pochi, who's not really a dog. He's more of a dinosaur. Yeah, he definitely looks like the Bubble Bobble guys to me. The exact same sort of really, like, Kirby mixed with a dinosaur. Yeah. He's cute. Um, so that reminds me of the weirdest thing about this, at least in the, the NES version, because you were playing the MSX version. I was. Why are their sprites in the house different from their sprites 
in action. I don't think that's explained. It's just them kind of gearing up for battle, where they turn from their normal woodcutter family life into adventurers that can plumb the depths of this incredibly dangerous dungeon that just is a whole two blocks away from their house. Yeah. It, it's real weird, because Pochi looks like he's actually a dog. Yep. In the house. But when he adventures forth, he becomes Bubber Bob. Yeah. I don't know, it's just like... I don't understand why this house scene has completely different art from what's in the rest of the game. I don't understand why it looks better than what's in the rest of the game, except for, like, I don't know, colors. In the house, they're all wearing pretty much the same, like, white and brown clothing, but when they start adventuring, it's more colorful, and, you know, they look like whatever class they're supposed to be, kinda. Are there classes? Yeah, each of the family members uh, have, like, a listed class. I guess that they're supposed to be, where Zem, the big guy, is the warrior. Mena is a wizard. I guess she's the one who's going to get the legacy now. Um, <laughs> Royas is ranger, which is a bit weird. He looks more like a little knight. Uh, Pochi's just monster. And Lil is elf, which is not a class I'm familiar with, but is, you know. I mean, that is a classic D&D class. It's a classic D&D race. No, it, it was actually a class oh, in really? the like, really early D&D games. Um, but that also just raises some questions as to Lil's parentage? Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, it's not that a wizard can't be an elf, so I don't know. Also, I definitely thought his name was Rois and not Royus. Uh, so that's one of the things in the MSX uh, version. They spelled things a bit differently. No. Oh. So there's an extra Y in there. Uh, and also, uh, Mena is Maya, and that's about it. I see. Yeah. It's just a little bit of trivia for you there. But, yeah, you, you got your five family members, and they all have different abilities, as well as different things they can equip. Yeah, I mean, they sort of just start off being just different attack range and damage and jump height, uh, with the exception of Pochi, who uh, never gets hurt by uh monsters he is a monster makes sense uh he can just kind of walk through them they don't care he doesn't care but he also like is the worst at jumping and fighting and moving which reminds me of uh this is a good time to tell my terrible funny story about pochi uh-huh i ended up playing this game twice yes he did because the first time through i didn't use pochi I never saw a need for him. All of the places that had the lots of monsters, I got through with Lil or Mena or Zem. Uh-huh. Until getting to his crown, where I couldn't get past the mimics. So I ended up doing Pochi's crown last. Now, the bosses in this game are determined by the order you pick up the crowns in. Yes. Each character has their kind of like designated zone of sorts, which is more or less just uh, attuned to them uh, better than any other character. And you can do them in any order technically. Uh, some will require you getting items for other characters to, you know, get through it. Pochi is te technically, you can do Pochi's immediately. He doesn't require any items. Yeah. Um, but... So I ended up against the hardest boss, uh, the Rock Golem. Rock uh, with Pochi, whose range is not long enough to hit without taking a physical hit yourself. Or, I found it very difficult to do it. Um, and you then die in, like, two hits. <laughs> yeah, no, like, the Rock Gaia 
the last boss before you fight the Dragon Man. If you touch him, you can't really get more max health than you got, and you, there's no real way to like mitigate damage from like him running into you. And each hit will deal like half max HP. You cannot get hit by this guy. So yeah. running in there with the worst range of attack and the slowest character uh, was a great strategy. I don't know why you you started with that, but you know I'm gl- I'm glad you uh, you tried to speed run it after that. Yeah, and so I did end up speed running it th- through it. Uh, I mean, not really speed running it because I did the safe route, uh, which is the moment you get the thing that lets another person go through their their zone, you back out and go through that person's zone, and then you do all the, the crowns. I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit different in the MSX. Things got chipped around, which I'll get into after this, but yeah, my route was very different from yours. Yeah, uh, I guess, did you want to get into the special abilities more? I kind of interrupted that. Yeah, yeah, like, so, like, how this game kind of works is, like, um... Each of the characters has certain items that only they can use, or that they are best suited towards using. So, for example, Lil gets the Matic, which can break blocks, which to get through her area, you need to be able to just get rid of them. Whereas Zem gets these gloves, which move those blocks, which he needs in order to, like, kind of ride the block across, uh, like, horizontal gaps. Yeah, and Mena gets the hit stick, which... Also moves the blocks, but only in a linear direction, and it just bounces back and forth until it stops. And every time it hits you, you get hit for, like, one point of damage. Uh, Mana also gets wings, which starts to drain her uh, magic, but lets her just kind of move around the screen and, like, across um, spike pits, which normally you can't get across, even if you want to just soak the damage. Yeah, and the um, key stick, which replaces the need for a key with one magic. We'll we'll get we'll get into keys and certain criticisms I have with this game, but yeah, her her area just has like a mountain of locked doors that like more keys than you could ever like hope to grind for. Yeah, and instead, it just by equipping that item, it just makes it so that you just uh, use a little bit of magic every time you open a door. Yeah, finishing out the special abilities, there's the jump shoes. Which can actually be worn by several people, because um, I think Mena, Lil, and Rois can all wear them. Yes, uh, Mena never really needs to because she gets the wings. Yeah. But Lil, she, Lil already jumps the highest out of everybody. But like she, for her area, she kind of needs it to get even higher in areas past where she would use the Matic, which kind of uh, you can't just use Mena to fly at that point. You also need Lil to get the wings in the first place in her area, so. Yeah, and Rois makes him feel like he has a regular jump. Pretty much. Uh, it's actually kind of funny, in this game there is fall damage, and when you have the jump shoes with Lil, almost every jump will result in fall damage. Yeah, the fall damage I thought was a little harsh. I, I think I figured out at some point, it's like, if you jump and land, like, one or two blocks lower than your initial jump height, you are going to take fall damage. Yep. And I was like, that is a little excessive. Uh, like, if you just walk off the block, you won't. Yeah, it it's so wild, because also, it's like a... You don't just splat, you start bouncing, and the bouncing is like, uh, scales off of how far you, uh, you fell, but I'm pretty sure the damage doesn't. It's like, so weird that it's there, because it almost doesn't matter from a, uh a life point total uh, perspective, but 
rather it's just kind of an annoyance when you're trying to like go through and you have to sit through like okay my character's still bouncing excellent yeah i mean it might matter a little bit for like fighting enemies but it it it's weird it seemed like just a random health drain it never drained my health enough that i felt like it mattered exactly that's what i'm kind of saying there it, it didn't matter it was just kind of a weird annoyance every so often but I don't know. I, I, do, I did find it kind of funny. It's also the only thing that can threaten Pochi's life outside of the boss. And I guess Spikes as well. Oh, yeah. Where it, when you're, you're sitting on Spikes, your character kind of does this little pee dance as they kind of like bounce, uh, <laughs> bounce <laughs> on them constantly. And when there's only like a, a single tile gap with Spikes, that bouncing makes it so you can't actually go through, which is why you need the uh, Mana's Wings for those sections. Yeah, although it's also kind of funny... I'm not sure if this was intentional, but whenever I landed on spikes, if I mashed the jump button, I would eventually get a regular jump out of it. Yes, I think that you are intended to jump because there are certain places where that's the only way out of a spike pit, outside of dying, which seems even weirder. But like, the timing on it is so bad. Like many other parts of this game, just janky enough to feel like, am I tricking the game or is this intended but i think it's intended yeah i think a lot of the other spike pits you're intended to ride a monster out uh yeah you can't you so pochi doesn't get hurt by monsters but every character can soak a hit and jump off of the top of monsters which also reminds me that we should talk about the things that are not necessary to complete the game but are still fun items yes uh, because I habitually used the, uh, I think they're called the power boots. Yes, they're the Mario boots. They allow you to stomp on enemies and kill them without spending magic. Because outside of that, the only way to kill monsters is to fire your one attack at them. And each time you fire it, it uses some of your magic points, which are limited. I kept forgetting to unequip that. Uh, when I wanted to jump on a monster to get places. Big same. Why did I just go through them and then now I'm on the spikes? Oh, right. That's why. That's why. Also, Pochi can't uh, wear them and neither can Mena. And it's significant for Mena because she has the biggest like MP drain items through her section. Oh, yeah. I definitely just needed to go to every inn. Every inn. Yeah, throughout the throughout the adventure, much like in Xanadu, there are inns and there are shops. Uh, thankfully, this game has completely excised all of the more direct RPG trappings of getting big numbers. So there's no like a temple to level up, none of that crap. It's just inns and shops, and the shops basically only sell potions or th- technically um, some of the more um, optional items. Like I'm pretty sure I bought the boots. The, the stompy shoes. Uh, they actually sell some of the the mandatory items as well. Oh, okay. Like, you can buy Lil's Matic from a shop in Zem's area. Uh, I think you can buy all of the mandatory items. Maybe not the wings, I don't remember. It's hard to say, but it's like, instead of getting them from the chest that they normally be at, you can just spend, uh, like, almost the maximum amount of money you can hold to just get them early. Yeah. Because they're usually around 90, 95 gold, and you can hold, like, 100. Yeah, so the other non-mandatory ones, there's the Power Glove, which I I loved. It (laughs) requires an extra magic for every attack. But it doubles your attack. Is it double or triple? I I thought it was double, but who's to say? It dealt enough, and it also, all of the characters have different, like, strength of attack. 
So it just it makes certain characters that are usually weaker like more on par with say Zem, the guy who just chucks axes. Yeah. And makes Zem ridiculous. Zem, whose main flaw is range, can then equip the uh, fire rod, which just increases your attack range. Uh, According to this, it's four times or eight times. Damn. In in the original MSX version. The thing is, you can only equip one thing at a time. Yes. And it does cost magic. And you can only hold three different items for your run, although you can switch them out if you use an in. Yeah. Other ones going down, uh, there's armor. The armor is only for Royas and Zem, but it basically it's, you start draining armor, but you can just run into enemies to kill them. Yeah. And the shield. The shield is, in my opinion, uh, not optional. <laughs> it The bosses did get a little ridiculous. So the shield prevents the projectile attacks of the bosses from hurting you. You can still run into them and die, and that's actually pretty easy to do. Yes, I uh, see uh, earlier discussion, R.E. Pochi versus the uh, Rock Golem. <laughs> yeah. Shield did not help. Yeah, it is also not very easy to find. It's hidden in a very secret shop that can only be accessed, uh, it seems like, for me, by Lil with a matter. And for me, I need to first collect two crowns, which means already beat two bosses, and then use Royus to uh, use one, use a crown to warp to the secret shop. Ah, using that crown, that, those other crown warps. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, it's only in the MSX2 version, I guess, but you can start using the warps before you have all four crowns, which can actually potentially let you do um, bosses out of order. Like, apparently you can fight the first boss twice. But then the third hmm. crown is still Arcwinger, which is the normal third boss. That's odd. But can you skip the fourth boss asking for a friend? You cannot. <laughs> uh, I Yeah, so are there any other items that we should probably no, mention? I, I think we're done with the items. Uh, I mean, there's the Dragon Slayer itself, but the Dragon Slayer is essentially a fancy key. Yeah, it, it makes it so you can fight the final boss and you are forced to equip it against the Dragon Man who is not a terrible boss, but must be fought with Royas. All the, all the characters have their own sections except for Royas. And so like he basically becomes the guy who takes the crown. He's the special boy who gets all four crowns. And you need to do like a warp chain through all the different family members' zones until you can finally get to the Dragon Slayer. Big sword. Go to the Dragon Portrait. Opens automatically. And then you fight him and then you win. Yeah. I like... I kind of liked that as an ending. I don't know. I'm I'm glad I kept track of all of the princess portraits. I think that's who it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, some unnamed, or I think it's probably named somewhere, but a little square with a little princess in it. And you see them around and they seem significant, but you can't do anything with them until you have a crown. Yeah, because I kept track of them and then it wasn't too bad figuring out which ones actually go places. I was a little surprised. I was expecting it to be much more... Like, I I would take one and then be like, okay, now I'm here. How do I get to the next one? And that only really happens for, like, one of them. Most of them are just not towards a usable one. And also, the sections are kind of laid out fairly linearly. Uh, like, once you enter one, you kind of just, like, go through it with whatever items you can. But, like, the d- four different sections you can kind of do in any order with most anyone uh except until you get stymied by whatever that person's section's main gimmick is yeah i i guess i was kind of expecting it to be more like 
you appear in a random section of someone else's section, which you can get through until you get stymied, but there will be a warp where you get stymied. Hmm. Yeah, it wasn't quite that, but the way forward was usually pretty obvious, except for that time where you had to jump off an enemy. Yeah, that one was weird. And the time that I ran out of keys. Oh, you ran out of keys? Oh. One of the things goes to main a section, which normally you have the uh, key rod for, uh, but now you got to do it regular style, and I needed to farm keys, which, hey... Having the stomp boots, which allows you to kill enemies without spending your limited resource magic, real good. Oh. But it still sucked to grind. Because, <laughs> yeah, enemies will drop either health, magic, keys, or money. And there's a bit of a uh, thing where if you're low on health or magic, they'll start spawning that more often. Yeah. So keeping those things topped up while you're grinding, very necessary. It's true. Yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was a bit unfortunate. Yeah, I I was a dirty cheater and just save stated before going through a warp was like, oh, I'm here again. Reload the, the previous save state. Let's go to another warp. Um, ah, yeah, so yeah. I never really dealt with any problems with being in the key zone because that was not a place that you needed to be. So, yeah, as far as I was aware, it was a place I needed to be. Maybe if instead of grinding, I just searched around a bit more. It would have been fine. I think... Because I had all of them mapped, uh, I just looked at my map and was like, there's no portraits anywhere near this. See, there was. It was just past all of the key doors. And I'm just like, oh, I guess this is where I gotta no. go. Because <laughs> um, I think the closest portrait that I remember that being to that is way back up at the dragon. It's entirely possible that the warp maze is different, because Lil's entire section in the uh, MSX2 version is different. Oh, okay. Like, they actually redesigned it pretty heavily. Everything else is more or less just moving items around a bit. But Lil section, like, they apparently, like, the bottom right portion, they just added a whole bunch of vertical shafts, which you go down and up, down and up, over and over again. That doesn't sound like fun. It was fine. I mean, she's got the best jump. She was uniquely great at handling it, but I don't know what it used to be, so... I can only uh, speculate, but for the MSX2 version, each section was kind of one and done for me. So I started with Pochi. Unlike, unlike you, I was just like, okay, well, this guy doesn't get hurt by enemies, so I'm just going to wander around as him. Seemed like the safest. See, that's smart. I came in not reading the manual, knowing nothing, and chose... I, I think I chose Lil first. Ooh. See, Lil section for me would have been instantly blocked by Matic. Oh, it was. It, like, I just wandered okay. around with Lil. I think did most of Pochi's section minus the, the boss part. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and I was like, okay, uh, I don't know. This seems like I don't really need Pochi anywhere once I figured out what his thing was until later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So part of the uh, way that items were moved around is that Pochi gets a lot more stuff in his uh, zone. Yeah. So by the time I was done with it, I had the Matic and the key stick Ooh. and the glove. Man, that is a lot. I mean, you get the glove. Yeah, you normally get the glove and the power knuckle, which doubles your attack. But I also got the Matic and the key stick. And so after that, I'm just like, okay, well, I can either do Zem's portion, uh, which I think I started 
but uh, I, do, I couldn't figure out how to use the glove at first. It's very janky, because your use item and your jump button are the same button. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the glove use is definitely a little janky because of that. Yeah, so trying to jump, land on blocks, facing the right way, holding the jump button to make it move in the way you want. I came back to that, and I did it last. But then I just did a little section, went through the entire place. I think I had the jump shoes at that point. Can't remember. Got the wings, and then just from there, Mena, Zem, Royus, beat game. Yeah, so on the, the NES version, you end up having to have a pretty linear approach to it. You, you basically get to choose between getting the crown immediately or waiting until you've done other people's sections and then going back and getting the crown. But not that much in terms of, like, having the ability to get multiple special abilities open at any given time. Okay. So Pochi gets you the glove. Technically, anyone can go through Pochi's section. They just need to kill all the enemies, whereas Pochi just kind of, like, chills. Yeah. Pochi is also great at grinding for keys while you're doing this by just shooting everything in the back after you pass through them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe we forgot. To rant about poison? To rant about poison. Hey, remember poison from Xanadu? It's back, baby. And it's the most common drop in the game. Oh, yeah. Everything drops it. I love it when I kill an enemy and I get a poison that deals like half a bar of health. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it, a lot of times it's not an avoidable like path you need to go down. So you can either just hang out for like a solid 20 seconds to wait for it to just despawn. Meanwhile, the enemy's respawning or you just soak the hit, which is honestly probably the strat is just either don't kill it if you don't need stuff. You just have to accept that part of this game is entropy. And I was comically bad at jumping over them too. Like, I feel like yeah. you should be able to jump over them. I never quite got it right, except if I had Lil and a speed boost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, if you're using the power boots and, and land on an enemy near the bottom of the screen, uh, you might not have enough time to get out of there to see what the item was before you just auto-pick it up. Mm. Or if you're transitioning screens, it's very hard to jump on an enemy and then pick up the thing. Yep. And in the MSX version, there's a lot more screen transitioning because there is absolutely no scrolling. Ah, that is interesting. Because there's a lot of scrolling in this, and I was like, man, this is going to make it really hard for me to figure out my map. Mm. It didn't matter that much. I like, I think I shifted by like one cell across the entire map, vertically and across horizontally. Yeah, you're a better cartographer than you thought. <laughs> yeah. Poison, super annoying. Why did you do that? At least there's no karma this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, yeah, I wonder if it was just like, it was too easy for people to get through without a resource drain. Like, we need some way to make people have to use their gold. I guess? But, like, I feel like that was more or less uh, magic already, because unless you find the power boots, magic's the only resource that can kill enemies. Yeah. So, I, I guess, getting back to it, so Pochi gets the glove, you go with Zem, and you do about half of the block puzzles to get the Matic. Then okay. with Lil and the Matic, you can get the wings. With Mena and the wings, you can get... Or, sorry. With Mena with the wings and the hit stick, which you, you got in Zem's area, I forgot about. You can get the key stick and the jump boots. Once you have the jump boots, you can complete Lil's section. And, and then, yeah, once you have all the crowns, you can complete Roas's journey. So that sounds like a much more annoying path. 
mostly because you have to leave and then come back for the crowns a lot more. You don't have to, right? So th- this is the thing is like the safe way is leaving and coming back with the exception of Lil, who by the time you get the wings, you do not have everything necessary to complete Lil's area. Although I think you might be able to cheese it with like really good drops. I, there was something about like, oh, you don't need the jump boots. You just need three speed ups and then you can jump across that gap. So you need to grind for the optional power up. Yeah, which yeah, no, not doing that. I tried that for Pochi's area when I was trying to get Zem to fight the rock golem when <laughs> I needed I needed the invisibility ring. And I very quickly tired of that because it's also very hard to kill the enemies immediately around that area in a way that you can pick up the things that they drop. So, like, you only really need to go back um, and do another person section for Lil. Okay, right? that's not t- too bad. But, yeah, unless you have a crystal on you, which are fairly expensive unless you find a, a random shop deep into the dungeon. Uh, which lets you warp out. You need to walk yourself back out, and this hole is big, especially if you're like deep into it, the mostly linear uh, character-specific sections. Yeah, luckily there are some treasures that contain them, so I mostly, I think, just already had one. I don't think I ever found one in a treasure box, but I definitely found some in shops that were like much cheaper than the uh, store outside your I house. I wonder if that got rebalanced, but... They, they were fairly available in treasure boxes. Like, for instance, the one that I remember most keenly is that there is one in the area near where... Oh, I guess you don't get the... Wait, no, you probably still get the key stick in the same spot. For... No, I get, the key, I get the key stick in Pochi's area. Okay, the, the key stick in my version is past a fair amount of doors, which is kind of annoying. You need something like 30 keys... To get to the key stick. Yes. Okay. Uh, in my version, that's where the um, jump boots are. Uh-uh. So I need a bunch of keys because I need the jump boots in order to yeah get through Lil's area, and I need the matic to get the to get the jump boots. Yeah. So in that area, with a fair number of keys, uh, there are three branching paths. At the end of one of the paths there is a treasure that contains uh, a warp crystal. Maybe there aren't as many for you. Maybe that's some weird rebalance thing. Uh, but like, Maybe. I, I don't remember. I found that. there was a reasonable amount of them. Oh yeah, there's actually another one in Mena's area, which I th- thought was the most ridiculous troll. So you go through uh, all of these key doors, which hopefully you're using the key stick and it's costing you magic and not keys. Oh god. And then you fall through the floor at the last spot before the treasure chest. Uh-huh. So if you're a yeah. dirty cheater like me, you reload from save from your save state from before the doors. You go over to that spot, equip the wings, and just go in through that spot to get to the treasure. Can you equip the wings from like after falling to just kind of fly back up? Uh, I think if you're fast enough, yes. But okay. I, you can certainly do it mid-jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, I think that might have been what I d- ended up doing. I just, I, 
you're triggering a sense memory of oh fuck okay right good thing i still have regular style keys right no, now. no i i was just like well that's a waste of magic i'm just gonna reload and do this <laughs> this other way that only costs like one magic and one key oh i yeah <laughs> i was pot committed and it ended up being fine yeah so i guess if i had done bosses immediately when i could do them you would have been fine the and last one probably would have been a little rough i mean the last one is already rough regardless of what you yeah do. it would have been rough like it's i think the first two bosses you can basically just run into them and spam the attack button and they're they'll probably just go down yeah. so the order the, the order for the safe order is and i guess i should actually know the boss's names that might help uh, I believe it is Taratunes. It's a little spider guy. There's Arabone, Lich, Lichman, Arkwinger. A, a, let's call him a Drake because there's only one Dragon Man, and Rock Gaia, Big Stone Golem. Yeah. In that order. Yeah. So you have Pochi fight the first one. That's uh, I've already forgotten his name, and you just said it. Taratunes. That's Taratunes. You have Lil fight Arabone. This is this is so far exactly what I did too. Mana fight Archwinger, correct. And you have Zem fight Rock Gaia. But if you want to do it the least back trips possible, it doesn't change that much. You just do Zem really early. You have Zem fight the second one, Arabone, and then Mana still fights Archwinger, but you end up with Rock Gaia against Lil. That sounds rough. Which is uh, maybe actually an okay matchup because Lil has better range than Sam does, but... I guess um, when I fought him, range wasn't really an issue. Magic becomes an issue, and you need the, the, the magic potions. Yeah, you need the magic potions, and you pretty much need to have the shield equipped. Yeah. It is very hard to just dodge his, uh, his uh, projectiles while also keeping him in a pattern where he can kind of like run him back and forth across the arena when when he jumps running under him. Well, I mean, without the the shield, I found the real problem was you just spend so much magic breaking his projectiles that you run out very quickly. That's actually kind of the secret main benefit of the shield is you're just not spending magic to, yeah, essentially protect yourself. I mean, you still have to do it to get through to him. Yeah, but you can at least, when there's a bunch heading towards you, you can kind of just, like, move into them, then head back, and then there's just fewer of them as you spam your weapon. Yeah. Uh, and I basically did not use strategy on the first two bosses. Oh, me neither. I mean, they're, they, they, they just die. Yeah, they go down pretty easy, uh, especially if you have the power knuckle. Mm -hmm. So I just blasted them. Which is thankfully, because I can't even get the shield by that point. I need to have them dead before I can even have them ac that accessible. That's true. But then Archwinger just shoots so many projectiles, and his projectiles are so fast. I tried to fight that thing with, like, um, the power knuckle, because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll just deal a bunch of damage, and that's fine. And then that was untenable immediately. Yeah. So the funny thing is, the first time I did this, I don't remember how, but I just ran at him and spammed attack and killed him the first time I tried him. And I was like, oh, that seemed like it was going to be hard and it went down easy. Uh -huh. I replayed the game. The second time I was like, what the, how the fuck do I beat this guy? Why is it harder now? Yeah, like I should be, I'm more experienced. Why am I having so much trouble with him? And I kept having this problem where I would kill him, but he would still be flinging 
while his death animation plays. Yep. Oh yeah, you can you can uh, get killed after the boss is dead because their projectiles are just still spawning. And those would kill me during the death animation every time. <laughs> and like I went, like I tried to do it in a way that would allow me to, like, I, I tried to set it up so that I would have more health coming into that fight, uh, which was actually a little hard because Mana has a bunch of. Uh, annoying trap enemies that you can't kill before you've stepped in them. And they deal a lot of damage. Yeah. Like, among the most damage any regular enemy will do to yeah, you. Yeah, that was my least favorite thing about it, is the the enemies that even if you know they're there, you can't deal with them. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll fire projectiles at them, and they'll play a sound effect like they're hitting something, but you can spend all your magic and nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah th- those really frustrating but yeah like for the most part enemies they'll vary in terms of like how they'll move and how they'll jump but they all die the same way generally yeah some of them will hide like mimics and those uh weird mana's enemies but most for the most part they are kind of interchangeable yeah i don't know like there's not a there's not a lot of enemy variety other than visual there are a bunch of hey returning classic creeps from xanadu now with a bit more color at least from the pc uh, 98 version that i played yeah i mean there are there's a little bit of difference but they're not super different like the the biggest difference i think is ones that can ignore the uh, grid also showing up in main space it, like there's there's wizards that just bounce around diagonally yeah and it don't care about the grid they they'll go through floors and walls as though they are they are ghosts yeah that's what i mean yeah i'm not explaining it well <laughs> Look, we're off the grid. Yeah, they're 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 Damn. secretly libertarians. They're living off the grid. I knew it. That's why they live in the hole. <laughs> You're just busting into a libertarian monster compound and killing them all. Oh, isn't that just the dream? <laughs> Whoa, let's not get political here. Let's keep this back for when it was just a dragon man. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, yeah, enemies are kind of there's not a lot of difference in how you deal with them and if you're just poachy they're just things you climb on. Yep. Ladders in this game, just a random thought I had, are surprisingly um, n- uh, finicky. They really require you to be lined up perfectly to ascend. Pixel perfectly. So when you're trying to jump on them, it's uh, So the oddest thing about that is that they know that you're trying to take the ladder because your character will just kind of shake in place. Yep. But they don't adjust your position in order to make you ascend the ladder properly, which I find an interesting, like, weird middle ground between you can't use this this unless you're exactly aligned to it, and um, we will just make it so that you are aligned to it. Which, the other yeah. funny thing I noticed is that there are actually things that shift your position. I think it's if yeah. you press down when you're halfway a between two cells you will move to one of whichever one you're closest to. yeah or something like that and it's like okay why did you do that on down and not when i was pressing up on a ladder this game has a bunch of jank (laughs) to it to its movement and that's just like kind of emblematic of that there are jumps in this game that they kind of require you to like there's an overhang that you're trying to like jump around and on top of and they do not give you nearly enough coyote time to make that. Like, they just will not 
give you a bone in that case, but like they'll require it of you. Uh, ju jumping on enemies or when you can like also like climb into enemies at times is weird. Yeah, they they require a whole bunch of poking your pixels out around a corner to jump and then get back into the same vertical column that you were in. Ma Maze of Galleys did similar things of like really kind of precise jumps before they'd figured out that you should kind of give the player a little bit of gravity-defying frames. I mean, Xanadu was pretty awful for it. Xanadu also had things like you could move diagonally if you just were very careful about inputting it between frames. The only part that's really present here is with Zem's blocks. Zem's blocks what took a minute to figure out, and I kept feel feeling like... Is this a sequence break? <laughs> Am I doing something wrong here? Because you can kind of, you can only ever push things, but you can kind of push them up at a diagonal sometimes. Yeah. If you're, like, if you jump into the bottom of a block, depending on which angle you're facing, you can either, if you hold up, it goes up. But whatever direction you're facing beforehand, if you just press nothing except hold the jump button, it'll just move in the direction you were facing already. Yeah, that was definitely a bit, like... Couldn't you have just made these mechanics work differently and designed puzzles for the ones that made more intuitive sense? You'll get deep into his uh, section and realize, like, no, these are puzzles that some human designed, and they knew how the game worked, and they still did it this way? <laughs> yeah. This was on purpose, and they released this game twice more. First the MSX1 version... Then they updated the graphics, made the NES version, and then I think after that was the MSX2 version, which they redesigned all of Lil's area, but they didn't touch Zem's. Yeah, clearly it was a masterpiece. Clearly this was someone's, like, magnum opus for, like, what a fun platforming design is like, and jeez... It was certainly more interesting than anything Xanadu had, but still. Yeah, uh, like, they did explain it in the manual, which is nice of them to not just leave these as, like, things that you had to discover about their system. But, like, it relies on it so much. It's, it's wild how ne it never feels natural. And also, if you mess up in later sections, you've got to do so much again, unless you have uh, modern uh, save states. <clears throat> yeah, modern save states definitely made this playable. Yeah, much like Gallius, uh, I can't imagine playing this game without any sort of rewind to just make the game more... Ah, oh, could you imagine fighting the bosses? You have to... If you die once, and these things can kill you so fast, you got to do everything again. Because all of the crowns are in the deepest part of each person's uh, zone. Yeah. Imagine every time you die to Archwinger Winger while he's in his death animation, you have to go through all of Mana's dungeon again. Mana's dungeon is so long, and you have to hit every end because you're constantly hemorrhaging magic from everything she does. You can't use the boots. All the enemies are either going to like sucker punch you, or you got to spend magic. <laughs> And these and like yeah, like this is almost like a run based game where like if you don't kill the boss, like the boss once you beat him, they'll warp you back to the surface. That's cool. At which point you can grab a password, heavy quotes. Again, like this this game doesn't have like even a save file. You need to write down a password. Or you can just save you can save state. 
like a regular human with like a job and like a life outside of getting your wizard's legacy up and running. Yeah, this would not be playable without save states. Nah, nah. I I can't imagine people going through that, and and people did it. Yeah. Yeah, this one saw like North American release. People know about this game. Certainly, probably more than Xanadu, but we've been coddled so much, and I don't I don't intend to undo that coddling anytime soon. I mean, I guess it's coddling. I I consider it just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Get on with it, right? Yeah, no, I, I I'm I am being uh, a little bit of a stinker. Yeah, but yeah, like there's there's a lot of jank to this game that I think is kind of endemic to the period. Certainly, I can't speak to uh, Maze of Gallius not having that, and I I liked that game a whole bunch. Yeah, this game actually, I think. It, Feels a lot more Metroidvania-ish, though. Yeah, in that we're getting abilities, I guess? You are getting abilities. It's non-linear progression, like, full stop. Theoretically, like, once you have the thing from the zone, and, like, characters can go to any one zone until, you know, they just don't have the things. But, yeah, you, you collect progression items that help you either necessarily or just make things easier optionally. It feels like a like an actual Metroidvania game. It's great. Yeah. One of the interesting things about it is that I feel like the concept of multiple characters in a Metroidvania really has not been around very much. Like, there are some. I think most recently, I think it's Astalon? Astalon, yeah, where you have three different characters, uh... Again, with different abilities. Yeah. I've not played it, but that was kind of its main gimmick. Like, it's that's surfacing again in the year of our Lord 2021, right? And, like, I, I feel like it can be an interesting idea. I'm not sure it particularly went well in this. I think it went better than, I, like, Maze of Gallius also had two different characters with ostensibly different abilities, but... In that game, it was very perfunctory. Yeah. Where most of the items you get kind of just made one character more like the other. And because you could more or less switch between them at any time, unless one died, which, like, that, just don't let that happen. It just didn't really matter for progression. Whereas this one, having the discrete zones that each character is best at, I don't know. It was an interesting thing that they attempted, and I gotta give them props for that. Yeah, it is kind of interesting to me that, aside from Pochi doesn't take damage, it doesn't really seem like any of the progression stuff is something intrinsic to a character. It was more or less, they just arbitrarily can use some items and can't use others. Yeah, I I don't think there, maybe there's one or two jumps that uh, only Lil can make before you get access to jump shoes or flying. But it's really not very common. Yeah, and w- once you kind of figure out how the game's laid out with the zones that are more or less like linear paths through, get to the end, get the crown, it makes the dungeon feel a lot like more compressed, I guess. Yeah. Because at, fir- at first it feels massive. Oh yeah, definitely. I was like, oh god. Like when I was mapping it, I was like, oh geez, this is going to be a pain. And then it really turns out that there's like four paths it, it kind of shortens the uh mental space you need to keep track of i i certainly appreciate what it's doing here certainly compared to xanadu <laughs> again we famously never completed because it was just like get numbers the game this one got rid of basically all the numbers that really mattered 
and instead like for the most part replacing them with bars yeah and i think made such a better game despite its jank uh i don't know uh, there is somewhat of an interesting thing of like i would almost prefer that a metroidvania that wanted to do the multiple character thing do it as like a second character is one of your unlocks right like if you went and rescued them from the dungeon and then that other player like gave you access to this other section of the dungeon or something like that might be interesting i don't know okay like you could find items for them but can't use them until you find the character and then the character becomes like the sort of like super unlock of like okay it really expands the map yeah, I think I'm thinking of, like, Donkey Kong 64-style design, though, now that I think of it. I wasn't going to blow up your spot, but yeah, you're thinking of DK64. <laughs> kind of, except you can't really unlock things until you actually get the character, but, like, you'll see things all around that just arbitrarily require their gun or th- their crystal coconut ability. Yeah. I would like to see a better game try that particular idea. Yeah, it's it's just kind of interesting that I feel like a lot of games that do the multiple character thing, they also do multiple characters from the start. Yeah. Maybe that's just a better way to do it in terms of, like, if somebody really likes one character, they don't have to wade through a character they don't like to get to that. Sure, but I feel like in this design, all the characters need to be used anyway. Well, I'm thinking of something like the, the other thing that I thought of immediately was uh, Mario 2. Or um, Doki Doki Panic. Or Doki Doki Panic. Yeah. Hey, did you did you know that in, uh, in Japan? It was actually cool. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right, where it's like, oh yeah, you just have four characters to choose from, right? And they have slightly different abilities. Okay, so you, you kind of want to see like that kind of design of like, okay, all of these characters could theoretically just beat the whole game, but just some are better at certain things than others, and you just kind of choose what kind of style of progression you want to go through. Yeah, I don't know. It's I could kind of see like like again like the sprawling map design of like non-linear progression, but like each character has a different progression path almost. So like yeah. you choose it at the beginning of the game, and like depending on which character you have, like you'll need to find something different to get to a certain uh, zone, whereas another character could get there immediately, kind of thing. I mean, that sounds like also you're pretty much just designing four different. It sounds like a lot of work for. <laughs> yeah. Something not many people are going to even care about. I, I don't know. It'll add replay value. Some people play games multiple times, unlike me. What? You played this game twice. You love this game. I, I, <laughs> I did play this game twice. Uh, I mean, I didn't finish it all the way through the first time. Does that count? Yeah, no, but you, you speed ran it the second time, got a PB, and now you're going to play it again and again, streaming, you know... Get on the leaderboard, see a GDQ 2023. Oh, yeah, yeah you know what I am not doing? Speedrunning this game. Yeah, it's, it actually sounds like a nightmare because <laughs> you'd have to do it without save states for it to be legitimate. It's true. I mean, I assume at the point where you're speedrunning the game, you are good enough to speedrun the game. But definitely getting to the point where you can beat the bosses first try every time. See, that's not even the problem. I'm, I'm just thinking of doing Zem sections over and over and over again to actually, like, master his block-pushing shenanigans. Like, the bosses are fine. There's just two of them, and just make sure you got the shield, I guess. So, the second time through, I didn't really need to reset many of his blocks. Oh, really? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it helped that I already knew the puzzles, right? But... It is oh, okay. mostly a matter of like being really careful and 
on how you're going through it, right? Yeah, I, I just messed up so often. The big thing was uh, remembering to switch off of the glove every time that you want to jump and not move things. That was actually the killer. Yeah. I was, I was trying to jump on a block and then it moved out of position and now the whole puzzle's fucked. Yeah, that happened a lot. And that happens like a lot right at the start of the big block puzzles in his zone too. Yeah, like after that it's more more just like blocks as your method of transporting yourself across screens. Yeah, although there was one that, like, if you fall, I, I don't know, you have to do, like, several perfect block jump forwards mm -hmm. in a row, and it was like, uh, this is a pain. Oh, yeah, it's still not good. I can't, I can't defend it as being good, it's just, you know, lesser of many evils. Alright, sorry, we, we went on a tangent, I'm pretty sure you were leading into stack ranking this. Pretty much. So we already know, better than Xanadu, like, that, that one's at the bottom, I'm actually, like, Considering where it ranks compared to Maze of Gallius, I think it's closest contemporary. I think for both of us, that's currently at number nine, just above Yoku's Island Express, and underneath Guacamelee for me, and Ari of Sorrow for you. It's true. Which, I, I, that is a very controversial sequence. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, it's weird. The, this game definitely has flaws, but I kind of liked it. Same. And with save states, like this is the big <laughs> key, is like with save, save states. We had that with Maze of Gallius too. Like that, that was also a, a uh, corollary. I was never tearing my hair out. Actually, are you, I would say I was tearing my hair out more with Maze of Gallius because there would be places where I would fall like seven screens and it was like, ah, oh, I forgot to save state at the top of that. Yeah. And that didn't really happen in this. I feel like, most of the places where you got hurt or fell were pretty fair. Uh, there were a few uh, gotcha, oh, you're, the floor dropped out beneath you sections. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I, uh, Zem's area. Zem's area. Uh, Pochi's area is a lot of rubbing your face against the wall to find the uh, hidden paths. <laughs> um, like there, There's some jank in this design, but I feel like for me personally... It scratches the Metroidvania itch a lot better than Maze of Gallius did. Gallius being a uh, more strictly linear progression. And I feel like the multiple characters with its more interesting items that you would get to actually like interact with the environment kind of sets it above for me. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I, I guess Maze of Gallius was a little more in the, the like overworld and dungeon progression, I think. Because you could get most of the items... Uh, on the overworld without ever stepping foot in a dungeon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is like there aren't really progression items so much as just finding the path and having enough keys, which this game also has a problem with keys, but we kind of already yeah, mentioned man, that. they loved keys. They loved keys. You have a, like a key bar, you can get up to like 100 keys. You don't need that many, but you do need like 20 at least. Yeah. And so occasionally you need to farm them from enemies one key at a time. There are a few in treasure boxes, but you gotta find them and there's no indication, and you need a key to open a treasure box to, to begin with. Anyway, <laughs> before I get into a whole rant of, uh, about how much I hate this game, let's. I'm going to say I actually quite like this game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never had key problems. I always, like, I killed almost every enemy I came across. I mm. found plenty of keys in my looting. I made a point of killing enemies with Pochi when they weren't necessary, which also really helped with having keys and money. Yeah, I actually didn't grind with Pochi, but I did have to grind with the boots. 
which was fine. It just took a while. But it sounds like we're both placing this as our new number nine, just above Maze of Gallius. Just above Maze of Gallius, yeah. I, I think this is a better showing for a, uh, a Metroidvania-style game. I think it's more ambitious, and it, like you got to respect the glow-up. They took what was an atrocious, horrible, obviously no good, very bad game. Everyone agrees. No one likes Xanadu. Don't at me. And they, they made something pretty interesting. I respect it, but like obviously not enough to like move it above, say, Guacamelee, an actually you know, playable in a, in a modern context game without any asterisks. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there's a big gulf for me in between the two sections of my stack rank. I guess this is doing a disservice to Yoku's Island Express. It's like old jank that is playable if you're willing to struggle through it. Yep. And, and interesting in a historical context. And things that are competent, I just didn't like them as much as other things that are new. Speaking of modern games, our next game is probably, outside of Metroid Dread, uh, one of the newest games we've played. I was thinking of playing a game uh, called Unsighted by Studio Pixelpunk. I've heard of it. It's the Dark Souls Metroidvania game. It gets compared to Dark Souls a lot. I think it's actually seems more comparable to what's the what's the other game that FromSoft did? The uh, Samurai guy. Uh, Sekiro. Sekiro. Yeah, because this game has uh, entropy mechanics where oh boy, if you do if you uh, wait too long to get to places to get to people, they die forever. Oh, so it's the dead rising of Metroidvanias. Maybe. Uh, but it seemed interesting. It certainly seems like a game that's designed around forcing us to play in a game uh, in a way that we don't usually, which is quickly and not just kind of meandering, taking our time. We actually need to focus a little bit. So I don't know. I'd like to see how, how this shakes out. It certainly, ha- certainly got a lot of buzz around it. And I, I like my indies. Yeah. I mean, th- that's most of the genre at this point. More power to them. Like, yeah, we need to, like, specifically not choose them. <laughs> yeah. Or else we'll, like, just, just the last year alone will we'll serve us for the rest of our linear life. I mean, can you imagine if we didn't play indies? I'm not even sure what we would play. I think Ori doesn't count. I think Ori doesn't count. We'd have to start playing, like, that Shaman King game for the GBA. Yeah, but, like, otherwise, what, what even... Is a non-indie on this list that isn't literally named Metroid or or Castlevania? Uh again, we ne- we need to expand our definition to include DK sixty four, and I just can't. <laughs> I just can't do that right now. I mean, uh, other than that, it's also very heavy on the collectathon. It may be worthy of consideration. Uh, we're getting off on a tangent. That's our podcast. I don't remember how we end these. Uh, exactly. We- do actually have social media yes i'm on twitter at inverted castle p because podcast was too long and everything else was taken you can email us at inverted castle podcast at gmail.com or like us on facebook i think that's it for social medias yeah um so a closing bit of wisdom don't take your kids on a family trip to go kill a dragon unless they have four crowns take them to burger king first (laughs) It's their birthday. He's a special boy. 